Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program, equipping franchisors to help franchisees dominate their local market. To learn more about serving your market and growing your business, go to mybrxstudio.com. Stone Payton Lee Cantor here with you this morning. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast owner with Gone for Good, Mr. Reed Husmer. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Well, Reed, before we get too far into things, tell us about Gone for Good. How are you serving folks? Well, Gone for Good is an eco-friendly hauling company. What we basically do is is clean out all the junk out of houses and businesses. And our whole goal is to take that junk and find it a new home, whether it be in our thrift store, uh, recycling, or donating to charities. So it isn't just take it to the landfill. Correct. Yep. We actually have a warehouse where we sort through things and then uh, do our best to find it a new home. And then um, how'd you get into this business? You know, I got into this business because I was moving around a lot myself. And one weekend, I just looked at my basement and I go, I got to do something with all this stuff. And instead of just getting a roll off, being done with it in about half a day, I took my time to find a good home for all the stuff, whether it be my son's furniture, uh, recycling, or even selling on Craigslist or eBay. And um, I just went through this myself personally. Uh, I had the same kind of feeling. I looked at the basement. I got kind of suffocating from seeing all this stuff that had been just accumulating and boxes and piles and stuff that we bought and never used or didn't use a lot. And um, I hired my kid's uh, girlfriend. She said she was like an organizer person and she thought she can do it. And then we had like, we made piles of, okay, this is stuff we're going to keep. This is stuff we're not going to keep. Um, and But it was hard to get rid of the stuff that was perfectly functional. Um, so I, I felt that feeling that I think that you're trying to address in this, that this stuff is, um, you don't have to send it to a landfill. There's people that can use it. But I just didn't want to personally deal with the, you know, going to Craigslist and figuring out how to do eBay and, and do the things. So how right. do, so how does it work logistically for the customer? For the customer, so they pay by how much we fill up the truck, whether it be a quarter truckload or all the way to our full truckload. And um, it, it can be anything from trash to furniture. It can be down in the basement. It can be up in the attic. Wherever it's at, we'll go get it and then fill up the truck. And they just pay us by the volume. Um, but they get a, a feeling of, okay, so that's all in the truck. It's not going to go straight to the landfill. It's going to either go to a person that has no furniture in their house. We donate it to a charity or someone that uh, needs a you know, kitchen table and chairs for just 60 bucks instead of paying 300 And then so, but so the, is the fee like less than I would pay at a normal kind of junk hauling company? 
or is it is we have very competitive rates we we're a little bit different because we have our box truck so it's like a moving box truck uh 16 feet and typically the other junk hauling trucks are little dumpster trucks that are about 10 feet long right and they're just throwing stuff they don't care what kind of shape it's in you're trying to keep preserve the thing right Now, um, when you started this, was it always um, with franchising in mind? You know, it wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't. I started it about uh, 11 years ago. And I always thought, okay, I'll I'll just continue to grow locations and open up new warehouses throughout. And then I came across the idea of franchising where this is going to work a lot better than me trying to grow up myself and own all these locations because it's better for that location to be an ownership of the business rather than reporting to corporate, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, because it, it seems very localized because you're going to really serve that community and be the place where people gather to look at this stuff that you've collected and that they know that you're the kind of the go-to people that handle this kind of work. Correct. Yes. Now, how has it gone in terms of getting new franchises going? The franchisees are happy, and we just got to continue to market that and uh, find those owners that are into this type of industry. Have you gotten a profile of what a franchisee looks like or um, demographics? Are they old or retired? Are they young people that are trying to do good for the environment? Have you kind of got a persona? You know, we're still on the research for that. It's... Uh, I guess it's finding that certain person. We do think it's more of the, the younger generation that uh, is not necessarily the eight to five and they can do what they need to do as jobs and resell and, and really care about the environment. So we do think that generation that's into the recycling is going to be those future franchise owners. Now, um, in your uh, time doing this, have you kind of had one of these uh, kind of treasure hunt moments where you're like, whoa, this thing's worth a lot of money. You know, it's always surprising what we find. Um, There was one time we did a clean out of a garage and the person saying, my uncle collected all these old metal toys. I just need to get this garage cleaned out. And I had a feeling I'm like, hmm, metal toys. Let's just take a double look at this. And then before we know it, it's a gold mine. And we were just, we sent it to our eBay person And that really helped out, especially during our slow months at the end of the year. Uh, There was one toy that sold for like $400 on eBay. Wow. And that's the thing. Like a person doesn't, you don't know. You've just accumulated this stuff over time and it's just sitting there. And you could could be sitting on on something of value. Now, so you said you have an eBay guy. Is that something a franchisee would benefit from that you're eBay guy? So I don't have to be an eBay guy? Correct. Yeah. I mean, we can train them. There's, we have that in our operations manual of training that person to become an eBay, but we highly recommend finding a local eBay person in your city because it, it takes a lot of time to do that. And um, while you're trying to grow the business, you don't want to be messing around with eBay. Right. Because that seems like that's a job unto itself. You know, you got to pack is. it, you got to, you know, send it and deal with all the returns or it's, it just seems like a hassle. It is. It is. And when I first started doing it myself, I was like, I, I can't do this. I got to find someone that's really good at it. And but is that one of the revenue streams that um, kind of are viable for a franchisee? Is it kind of eBay money? Yeah, eBay money is a definite big help. There'd be times that uh, 
eBay will be slow. There's times like right now, eBay is is hot. Um, and it, it, yeah, as you start working in the business, you start to find and learn what's really good on eBay. It took me a while to figure that out. Everyone will call and say, I have some beautiful China you could sell on eBay. And you're like, no, 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 no more China. We don't need the China. What about things like books or like record albums or CDs or things that people have like hundreds of? That that's a difficult one. We um, we do connect with a book guy that's honest and gives us some decent pricing for our books. Um, albums are coming back. A lot of people do like to buy albums, but we rarely run into the uh, '70s albums that are, are worth some money. What we about get all the Christmas albums? Right. What about um, like <laughs> like uh, baseball cards or football cards or that? At one point, that was super hot collectible. That was super hot. It seemed to die down a little bit. Um, again, you have to, with baseball cards and football cards, you have to get it authenticated. So there's a lot of steps before you can put it on eBay, and then it's not even worth the money. It's not really a big hot item right now. Now, um, what about the senior uh, uh, market? Like uh, I had an older father who moved out of his house and then just, you know, kind of downsizing for him was a, a nightmare. It is because this, that generation, they kept everything. I mean, you're going to find in their basement a ton of Christmas, a ton of paperwork and books and records that you just talked about. So as far as the kids that are trying to help out, that can be a lot of, it can be very overwhelming. And so there's some processes that you can do. There's the estate sale. And then we come in at, after the estate sale or if there's not for an estate sale, we'll just come in and clear out the whole house. Because that part, uh, if you're the kid doing it, every, you know, it could take you a year because every piece you're like, there's nostalgia and emotion around it. And you right. need to just get it done at some point, right? right? Yeah, I recommend that uh, to a lot of the clients. I'm like, go in and get the good stuff, the jewelry, anything else that's a value. And then the rest, we just you need to get the house on the market and get going on to the next step. Now, talk us, tell us about the book that you wrote. Oh, yes. Uh, so my wife and I teamed up on writing a book called Cleaning Out Grandma. And it is, and it just talks about how much stuff is out there, how to help your parents down the road, and um, just trying to help people in the future be more clutter-free. And uh, the clutter-free in terms of less stuff, but also it's, there's an emotional weight to this too, isn't there? That is correct. A lot of people have become attached to the items, and it just kind of talks through being detached from the items, being feeling like, okay, so we haven't used this item in a long time, but if we donate it, we feel a lot better that it's just not going to trash. Someone else is going to have some fun with that item that you did in the past. If you're just now joining us, you're listening to Franchise Marketing Radio. Our guest today is the owner with Gone for Good, Mr. Reed Husmer. Reed Stone Payton here. Uh, got a marketing question or two for you, and it may be a little early to ask this, but I, th I think it might be good for our listeners to hear. Are you finding any particular marketing vehicles, email, direct mail, pay-per-click, social, uh, to be more effective than others in terms of getting your franchise opportunity out there and, and make people aware of that opportunity in the marketplace? Yes. So we actually have a 
company called SEO Samba that does our website, and um, they have a CRM package in the background that just does fantastic work, and and it's something that I need to dig into some more. But it's a way to not only do newsletters, um, it also we can send out social media uh, videos. We're doing a lot on YouTube, so that helps out on our marketing, and we're starting to get some more attraction to us. So full transparency for our listeners, uh, and I didn't realize it. Maybe I should have done more pre-show research, but I'll just let you guys know. SEO Samba is actually the the uh, main underwriter of this show, Franchise Marketing Radio. But it sounds like, uh, rightly so, it sounds like they're doing a good job for you. Um, so also I wanted to ask about, so that's sort of at the franchisor uh, level. What about at the franchisee level? Do you think there's some things that you're learning about some some best practices for the local franchisee to use in their local marketing? Into their local marketing is uh, a lot of this business is built up on personal relationships when we connect with uh, real estate agents and uh, professional organizers and senior move managers. But also to get that reputation is, again, it goes back to that uh, email, newsletters, social media, um, radio, TV, whatever we can get out there when a new franchisee is starting out. So now for you, what's been the most rewarding part of this adventure? The most rewarding part of this? Um, I'll tell you, well, at the end of the day, when uh, you see someone that has no furniture and uh, you just cleared out a house of beds, couches, and you, you donate it to that person you just feel really good about all the hard work that you did and uh, you continue to do that. And for your franchisees, so they need to have some sort of a warehouse or some ability to have a storefront to showcase some of the stuff they've gathered when they're doing the cleanouts. Yeah, they do. They have uh, you know, kind of a 5,000 to 7,000 square foot warehouse with a storefront type of uh, space. So they can unload the truck in the warehouse area and then bring out any of the good stuff in the thrift store for people to shop. Now, I would have to say our thrift store here, known in Denver, is the most unorganized thrift store. But you'd be <laughs> amazed at how many people like that. Right, because it's like a treasure hunt. You don't know what you're going to find. It is. It is. They love it. And it's organized right now because we're a little slow in November. And our customers are not liking it. They want it to be held up with boxes and stuff. <laughs> and then uh, is that part of what the franchisee gets is your kind of recommendation of this is the layout of a place. This is what our kind of put the, this kind of stuff in the front, this kind of stuff in the back. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of uh, don't waste your time on that. Put this out in the store. Maybe let them dig a little bit, but don't let them trash the place. All types of uh where we help them out. And um, when you're training the franchisee, has that been difficult for you? But, you know, going from I'm a business owner and I'm trying to grow this local store to now teaching other people how to grow their business and their market, that seems like different skill sets. You know what? It, it is. You didn't, wouldn't think it'd be such a challenge, but it, it, it is because now it, it feels like almost franchisees are your kids a little bit because, now they're all excited, but you got to get everything in your brain out to them. Sure, there's manuals, there's videos and all that, but it's something always different that you got to help them out with. And But uh, 
it's it's a fun part, but then you also want to make sure that they do well because they're investing in this business, and you want to make sure that they continue to grow and enjoy it. You don't want to be stressful all the time, right? And this is, and you're doing kind of important work, and you are having an impact in the community. So this is one of those things where you can um, do something that can be your livelihood and also do good for for the people in the community. So it's one of those feel good kind of opportunities. Right, definitely. And if somebody wanted to learn more about uh, the franchise, their website? Yes, they can go to the website. It's uh, goneforgoodstore.com, and we have a tab up there on uh, franchise. Well, Reed, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, this is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.